السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام عليك إن الحمد لله حمدا يوافي نعمه ويكافئ مزيده اللهم لك الحمد حتى ترضى ولك الحمد إذا رضيت ولك الحمد بعد الرضا ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا وقرة أعيننا ونور قلوبنا محمدا عبده ورسوله اللهم صلي وسلم وبارك وكرم على عبدك المصطفى سيدنا محمد وعلى آله الأطهار وأصحابه الأخيار ومن تبعهم بإحسان وهدى إلى يوم الدين وعلينا معهم وفيهم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين أما بعد فيا عباد الله إني أوصيكم وإياي بتقوى الله لا إله إلا الله تقوى الله الذي لا يقبل غيرها ولا يرحم إلا أهلها ولا يثيب إلا عليها وأحسن يرحمكم الله إن رحمة الله قريب من المحسنين All praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The all-knowing, the most wise, the most generous, the most merciful We praise him and we bear witness that there is nothing worthy of worship Except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one without partner and we bear witness that our noble and beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam is his prophet and messenger sent to all of humanity with clear guidance and to guide us out of darkness into the light and to give us direction and purpose in our lives and to lead us to happiness and felicity in this life and in the next. May Allah's peace and blessings be upon him everlastingly. Sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. And I remind myself and all of you to be mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To have taqwa of Allah jalla jalaluh. And to know that we are alive to the degree that our hearts are alive. And that our hearts are alive to the degree that we have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that we should act with excellence in all that we do. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is near to those who act with excellence. We are at the doorstep of the most blessed month of Ramadan. And that we have to think deeply and put uh, planning and plan out how we are going to spend this most blessed month of Ramadan. And as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam would say beginning from the month of Rajab, Allahumma barik lana fi Rajab wa Sha'ban wa ballighna Ramadan. Oh Allah, bless us in Rajab and Sha'ban and allow us to reach Ramadan. And every day we hear of people passing away in the months of Rajab, in the month of Sha'ban. As we lead and are close to the month of Ramadan, we still hear of people who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed for their souls to leave this world. So none of us is guaranteed. And when we arrive at the month of Ramadan, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us and our loved ones and the entire ummah of those who reach the blessed month of Ramadan, this might be the last Ramadan that we have. So we have to take advantage of our time. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam 
teaching us of the virtues of Ramadan and the blessings of Ramadan, he said in a hadith narrated by uh, Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu عن Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam anahu qal إِذَا دَخَلَ شَهْرُ رَمَضَانِ فُتِّحَتْ أَبْوَابُ الْجَنَّةِ وَغُلِّقَتْ أَبْوَابُ جَهَنَّمِ وَسُلْسِلَةِ الشَّيَاطِينِ مُتَّفِقٌ عَلَيْهَ رَوَهُ الْبُخَارِ وَمُسْلِمْ When the month of Ramadan enters, the Blessed Prophet وسلم, informs us, when the month of Ramadan enters, the gates of paradise are opened wide. فُتِّحَتْ There's an emphasis. There, it's not that they've just been opened. They've been opened wide that the gates of paradise have been opened wide and the gates of hell are closed shut and the devils are chained. chained. And this once again is an indication of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is extending His mercy to us in the month of Ramadan and showing us His favors that this is a month of mercy and acceptance that even paradise itself, the gates are opened wide and hell and punishment is closed shut, so we need to work, and that the devils are chained, so we have all of the opportunities available to us to make lasting changes in our lives. That this is the opportunity before us. There is no other month that is described the way that the month of Ramadan is described, and there are other virtuous months. This is the most blessed month of Ramadan, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us an opportunity. And we never know if we're going to have that opportunity again. In another hadith about the blessings of fasting and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives and the spiritual fruits of fasting, also narrated by Abi Huraira radiallahu anhu, Yaqulu, Qala Rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallama, Qala Allahu, Kullu amal ibn Adam lahu illa siyam that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam informs us that Allah, the Blessed and Exalted, says that all of the actions of, uh, of the children of Adam, human beings' actions are for them, for their own benefit. إِلَّا الصيام, Except for fasting, فَإِنَّهُ لِي وَأَنَا أَجْزِي بِهِ Except for fasting, it is mine, and I grant its reward. And scholars say that this is a nisbat tafdeel, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is associating fasting to being His to show its distinct honor. To show its distinct honor. That all of the actions of worship, they are beneficial, but there's something special about fasting. And Allah says, it is mine, and I grant its reward. وَالصِّيَامُ جُنَّةٌ And fasting is a shield. وَإِذَا كَانَ يَوْمُ صَوْمِ أَحَدِكُمْ فَلَا يَرْفُثْ وَلَا يَصْخَبْ and when on a day when one of you is fasting, do not uh, yell or shout at one another or say vile things. And if someone on the day when he's fasting, someone insults him or picks a fight with him, then let him remind himself and say, I'm fasting. I'm a fasting person. And what does that teach us? It teaches us that the state of someone who is fasting needs to be different. Remind yourself, I'm fasting. I'm not going to respond in like. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, says, I swear by the one in whose hand Muhammad's soul is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, لَخُلُوفُ فَمِ الصَّائِمِ أَطْيَبُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ مَنْ رِيحِ الْمِسْكِ 
that the smell of a fasting person's mouth is more beautiful with Allah than the scent of misk, of musk. And naturally, the fasting person, their breath on a material level does not smell the best. But this is an indication of the spiritual reality that even if other people cannot appreciate the physicality, the, 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 the way that it smells in the material world, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's valuable because of its ma'na, because of its meaning, that it is emanating from the heart and soul of one who is fasting. A fasting person has two joys that he experiences. When he breaks his fast, he experiences a joy at accomplishing this great act of worship. And when he meets his Lord, he is happy with his fasting. He sees the reality of what he is able to present before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that it is a source of joy when meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sayyid Muhammad Alawi al-Maliki, the great scholar and muhaddith of al-Haram al-Makki, he mentions that there are multiple wisdoms of fasting. He says one is that it polishes the heart's mirror from filth. That when you fast, it polishes the mirror of the heart. That when a person fasts, he or she is resembling the angels. Because the angels, they don't eat food like we do. And that your, your way of living while you are fasting is closer to the way that the angels are. That when a person is fasting, they are exposing themselves to Allah's spiritual breezes. That you are closer to that when you are fasting. That when you are fasting, it's a means for having your sins be forgiven. Your du'as answered for acquiring reward and having humility before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He also mentions that when you are fasting, you remember the states of the poor when you experience hunger. Now you know what other people are experiencing. He says that you control your nafs. One of the benefits and wisdoms of fasting is that it helps you control your nafs from freely giving into passions. I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. I'm thirsty, I'm going to drink. That when you're fasting, there's a higher degree of discipline, of riyadatun nafs. You don't give in to everything that you want. That things that are normally permissible become haram when you're fasting. So what does that teach us about those things that are always forbidden? We should have an even greater sense of discipline and control when distancing ourselves from those things. He also says that one of the wisdoms is that you realize how little food and drink you actually need. And that you can, you can continue that going beyond the month of Ramadan. And it also facilitates fasting, facilitates a, pure, a purity of reflection, and it cleanses one's inner sight, one's basira. So then Sayyid Muhammad Alawi al-Maliki commenting on fasting, he says if a person has never experienced these things while fasting, then he has to ask himself, Am I truly fasting? If we have never experienced all of these benefits, then we have to ask ourselves, are we truly fasting? And as we know in the verse that we're going to mention shortly, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that the goal and the outcome of fasting, so that you can grow in taqwa. So fasting is not just a physical act, but it is something that is meant to be transformative at the very essence of who we are.
So if this is the fruits of fasting, and these are the virtues of Ramadan, then we have to practically prepare ourselves for this month. We need to have a plan. So one of the first things that we should do is we should write out our intentions. The month of Ramadan is not that far away. Sit down and think deeply, what is it that you want with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this month of Ramadan? What are we seeking from Him? What are our aspirations and goals and aims in this month of Ramadan? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives without limitation. So sit down and, and write down your intentions. Write down your goals in Ramadan. Ramadan is, isn't just about doing a lot of things. Though that does have its place. You hear from the Prophet sallallahu that his ibadah would increase in Ramadan. That's not to take away from that. But it's not just about that. People really just think about the very superficial level of ibadah. No, but it's also about having your heart become impacted. It's about fixing your state with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of the doors are opened. The gates of paradise are opened. The shayateen are chained up. Your nafs is being starved, literally and metaphorically. We're engaging with the Qur'an at a deeper level. We're praying together qiyam al-layl. We're praying tarawih. All of these things have been facilitated for us. So we have to ask ourselves the question, if I'm not going to change in Ramadan, when am I going to change? Realistically, if this isn't going to do it, what's going to do it? And we have to intend lasting change. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq, but we do our part. We plan. So there was one author who talks about habit formation. He says environment, your environment, is the invisible hand that shapes human behavior. And we have a lot more control over our environments than we think. So we have to remove things from our environments that distract us. Whether it's your phone or whether it's a tablet or a TV, whatever it may be, those things that distract us and just take away so much of our time, put it in the closet. Put it somewhere out of sight and out of mind so that you can focus. Identify those things that get in the way and shape your environment such that they don't get in the way anymore. And when they're not at hand, literally speaking, then you're more likely not to be distracted by them. Have a copy of the Qur'an. This is, goes back to our environment. Have a copy of the Qur'an always close at hand. Whatever room you tend to sit in the most, have your Qur'an stand. And if you don't have a Qur'an stand, I recommend getting one. Have a stand that is specifically for your Qur'an and have it accessible there in the room that you always sit in. So that whenever you have some free time, I want to read Qur'an. There it is. It's right there. Oh, it's all the way downstairs in that other room on the bookshelf in the closet. If it's so distant, your nafs is going to, uh, is going to protest and not assist you in that. But if it's right there, there's no excuse. And you're able to access it and read from it. Another thing that we should do is read a translation of the Qur'an alongside our recitation of the actual Qur'an, the Arabic Qur'an. We should have a translation. Highly recommend Dr. Mustafa Khattab's translation, the clear Qur'an. It's very good. So that when you're reading these verses, you're actually thinking about them. This isn't about how much Qur'an can I read every day and getting through the marathon and not actually understanding what you just read. Understand, reflect deeply. 
What is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying to me? And we should all read the Qur'an as if it's a personal message directly from Allah to each and every one of us specifically. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows our hearts. And when we see that, ah, that's, that's me. Allah's talking about me right there. I know I have that problem. I know that I'm susceptible to that. And I'm reading about the consequences of people who fall into that and work on it. Another thing that we can do for our environment is to beautify the place in our home where we pray. That we get a nice prayer rug. We remove any distractions. We keep the place clean. We can burn some bukhur. We can make it a place that is very serene and facilitates worship and reflection. And if we've removed those things that get in the way, then that's even more effective. Now they say if, if you're trying to lose weight, if you always have the chips at hand, they're easily in front of you, you're going to go after them. Self-control can last only so long. You should actually try to uh, work on your environment so that those distractions and that those temptations actually do not work on you to begin with. So have a place where you enjoy spending time reciting the Qur'an, reflecting, making dua, praying. And there might be people who are listening or watching who might not have the opportunity to pray tarawih in jama'ah. We don't know what it's going to be like when Ramadan comes around. So you have to make that musalla in your home a place that is blessed. That is your masjid. Not in a literal sense, but in, you know, in terms of the impact that it's going to have on your Ramadan. You need to have that in your mind. Another thing is to schedule out your day from now, to plan for Ramadan. Imam al-Ghazali says in the beginning of guidance, the beginning of guidance, you should not neglect your time or use it haphazardly. Uh, I feel like I'll read Quran now. And then you read some Quran. I feel like I'm just going to you know, scroll online and go to my email. And then you end up doing that. And then the other thing and the other thing. And before you know it, a lot of time has passed by. So he says, you should not neglect your time or use it haphazardly. On the contrary, you should bring yourself to account. Structure your litanies and other practices during each day and night. This time of the day, so before Dhuhr, I'm going to read Quran. And then I'm going to pray Salatul Dhuhr. I'm going to do some work. Then I'm going to rest. And then before Salatul Asr, I'm going to listen to a beneficial lesson. Then I'm going to pray Salatul Asr, rest, whatever, however you structure it. But just have a plan so that when the time comes, oh, what am I going to do now? I can't even think of anything. But when you have that already uh, carved out for yourself, it's very easy to stick to that. Or at the very least, it's easier. If it's difficult to stick to it when you plan it out, how much more difficult is it going to be to make use of your time if you haven't planned it out? This is Imam al-Ghazali says, this is how to bring out the spiritual blessing, the barakah, in each time period. So that you plan it out. You have to plan to have that barakah. You have to have that intentionality in order to take advantage of it. He says, but if you leave yourself adrift, aimlessly wandering as cattle do, not knowing how to occupy yourself at every moment, your time will be lost. And what about time? It is nothing other than your very life itself. Time is your life. It's your capital. 
And your life is your capital that you make use of to reach perpetual felicity in proximity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Each of your breaths is a priceless jewel since each of them is irreplaceable and once gone can never be retrieved. That's true in every moment. And it's even more important in the month of Ramadan. So this is the time that we have to take advantage of. And if you see the salihin, they take the entire month of Ramadan off. Some of us might not necessarily have the uh, ability to do that. But wherever Allah has placed you, whatever circumstances you have, make the most of it. So you can say, okay, this isn't the time that I have to work. And after that, this is my time for reading Quran. This is my time for praying taraweeh. This is my time for resting. You actually have to take that seriously. The time that you rest so that when it's time to do ibadah, you're refreshed. You can't wear yourself out and just keep going for three, four days and then the next week you're, you're on the sidelines because you're exhausted. No, this is my time for rest. This is my time for salah. This is my time for dua. This is my time to listen to beneficial knowledge. There is going to be so many offerings online of different classes and different reminders. Find two or three and find a time for them so that you can follow them, you can benefit from them, you can find alternatives to the other ways that you might have been using your time outside of Ramadan. This is my time with family. Even that time is precious and valuable. Spending time with them, eating with them, cooking, whatever it may be, that you have time with family. But you figure out those times. Okay, obviously two hours or so, an hour and a half before Maghrib, it's time to start cooking and preparing and so forth. That's the time for that. And even then, you can put on qasaid and anashid and the burda and benefit from that time and send salawat upon the Prophet And then there's a time for other things. Another piece of advice is that in the month of Ramadan, we should plan to eat well. We should eat good food in the month of Ramadan to the best of our ability. And it's a time where we should, as we're getting spiritually healthier, we should also attempt to get physically healthier. And that there is a physical toll in the month of Ramadan. When you're standing up at night in prayer, when you're sitting and reciting the Quran, when you have all of these responsibilities, your body needs to be strong. So you need to eat well, have a good iftar and a good suhoor. Take those times of day that you can rest and take advantage of them and intend that you are resting so that you can worship when it really matters. As one of the Sahaba said, he said, I expect from Allah in my sleep what I expect from my prayer. Meaning what? That I have an intention when I sleep to strengthen myself to worship Allah for prayer. So it's not just sleep because I'm lazy. It's sleep because I'm smart and I'm thinking about how I'm going to use my time. So by planning it out, we're much less likely to slip up And we can't just will ourselves to to work hard in Ramadan for 30 days straight without actually thinking about it in a practical way. In a practical way. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for tawfiq. Wallahu yaqulu wa qawluhu al-haqul mumin. Wa idha qurya al-Qur'anu fastami'u lahu wa ansitu la'allakum turhamun. وقال تبارك وتعالى فإذا قرأت القرآن فاستعذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم 
أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the translation of which is O believers fasting is prescribed for you as it was for those before you so perhaps you will become more mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Azim wa nafa'na bima fihi min al-ayati wa al-dhikr al-hakim wa ajarana min khizzihi wa adhabihi al-alim aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah al-Azim li wa lakum wa li walidina wa li jami' al-Muslimin fastaghfiruh innahu huwa al-ghafur al-Rahim Seek Allah's forgiveness indeed He is forgiving and merciful. إن الحمد لله حمدا يليق بجلال وجهه وعظيم سلطانه ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا محمدا عبده ورسوله اللهم صلي وسلم وبارك وكرم عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد فيا عباد الله إني أوصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله لا إله إلا الله we should look at this upcoming month of Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us in what remains of Sha'ban and allow us to reach Ramadan. We should look at this month of Ramadan like it might be our last. And we've had enough signs around us to show us that our permanence and our uh, guarantee is not as solid and is not as strong as we might have thought. That things can change very quickly. That young people can pass. Healthy people can become sick. People that were with us last year are no longer with us this year. So we should look at this month of Ramadan like it could be our last. And we should always deal with these moments that Allah gives us as if they could be our last. And that is what we're going to meet Allah with. Let us have a Ramadan that if we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with this Ramadan, we will be happy. We will be hopeful. We will say, Ya Allah, I have my shortcomings. It wasn't perfect, but I gave it my all. I gave it my best. And let us intend from now that inshallah this Ramadan will be transformative in our lives. Ramadan teaches us what we can become. Teaches us how the salihin are in every moment and in every day. And that that door is open to us and we begin to taste the sweetness of that in the month of Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give the, us a blessed Ramadan and make it of the most blessed of Ramadans for the entire Ummah. Ya Arhamar Rahimeen wa Ya Akram al Akramin. Wa akthiru min al Salati wa Salami ala al Bashir al Nadir al Siraj al Munir, Sayyidina Muhammadin, fa inna Allaha amara kum bi amrin bada afihi bi nafsih, wa thanna bil malaikati al Musabihati bi kudsih, wa ayaha bil mu'minina ta'amima. فقال مخبرا وآمرا لهم تكريما إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا المصطفى محمد
وعلى الخليفة من بعده المختار وصاحبه وأنيسه في الغار مؤازر رسول الله في حالي الساعة والضيق خليفة رسول الله سيدنا أبي بكر الصديق رضي الله عنه وعلى من نشر العدل في الآفاق فاشتهر الذي رفع الله له القدر فيما أنزل على خير البشر حليف المحراب أمير المؤمنين سيدنا عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه وعلى الناصح لله في السر والإعلان من استحيت منه ملائكة الرحمن محي الليالي بتلاوة القرآن ذي النورين أمير المؤمنين سيدنا عثمان بن عفان رضي الله عنه وعلى أخنا بالمصطفى وابن عمه ووليه وباب مدينة علمه إمام أهل المشارق والمغارب أمير المؤمنين سيدنا علي بن أبي طالب رضي الله عنه وعلى الحسن والحسين سيدي شباب أهل الجنة في الجنة وريحانتي نبيك بنص السنة وعلى أمهما الحوراء فاطمة البتول الزهراء وعلى خديجة الكبرى وعائشة الرضا وأمهات المؤمنين وعلى الحمزة والعباس وسائر أهل بيت نبيك الذي طهرتهم من الدنس والأرجاس وعلى أهل بدر وأهل أحد وأهل بيعة الرضوان وعلى سائر الصحب الأكرمين ومن تبعهم بهدى وإحسان إلى يوم الدين وعلينا معهم وفيهم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اغفر للمسلمين والمسلمات والمؤمنين والمؤمنات اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا في مقامنا هذا إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضاء إلا قضيتها يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم بارك لنا فيما بقي من شعبان وبلغنا رمضان واكتبنا من الصائمين القائمين التالين يتلون القرآن يا أرحم الراحمين Oh Allah, we ask you that you bless us in what remains of Sha'ban and that you allow us to reach the month of Ramadan in the best of states and that you record us of the people who give it true, its true right of fasting and that you give us the benefits and the fruits of fasting as we mentioned. And we ask you, Ya Allah, that you give us tawfiq and the strength to stand up at night in, in prayer and that we recite the Qur'an in the nights and in the days. Ya Akram al-Akrameen wa Ya Arham al-Rahimeen. And we ask you, Ya Allah, in this most blessed month of Ramadan, that we all have a sincere repentance and turn back to you, and that you give the Ummah its relief, and that you give the Ummah its assistance and support after these difficult times, Ya Akram al-Akrameen. And we ask you, Ya Allah, to give us good health and to remove sickness from all of us and our loved ones and from all of humanity. Ya Akram al-Akrameen wa Ya Arham al-Rahimeen. And that you allow us to leave the month of Ramadan in the best of states transformed and that you allow us to raise in the ranks of those who are beloved to you and your righteous servants. Ya Arham al-Rahimeen. عباد الله إن الله أمر بثلاث ونهى عن ثلاث إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروا الله العظيم يذكركم واشكروه على نعمه يزدكم ولذكر الله أكبر